Ever wonder what would happen if online marketing made easy and e-news came together? Well, you're about to find out because today I have some very special, not to mention celebrity status guests joining me. And that's right. You're getting two guests in this interview, which is a lot of fun. Their names are Jason Kennedy and Juliana Rancic, and you may know them for many years on E! News. What you may not know about them is that aside from being experts in front of the camera, they are also entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who have a digital course, in fact. I just love that. So tune in because they're spilling all their industry secrets and more. I'm Amy Porterfield, and this is Online Marketing Made Easy. Being on video is often a big part of being a digital course creator. Actually, I'll go ahead and say it. It's a big part of being an online entrepreneur. But just because of that doesn't mean it's easy or comfy to be in front of the camera. It actually takes some skill and a whole lot of practice. My guests happen to be the experts at being in front of the camera. And if you've ever watched Jason or Juliana on E! News or the red carpet, which for the record, I have watched for years and years and years. So I try to be cool on this interview, but what I didn't tell them is I am huge fans of theirs. I have been watching E! News since I was really young. So to have them on the show, knowing what experts they are was a really big thrill for me, just for the record. But also, if you ever saw Jason or Juliana on E! News or on the red carpet, you know that they make it look seamless. They keep us engaged, they make us laugh, and they make going off the cuff look really, really easy. To be honest, nowadays I can definitely go off the cuff pretty easily, but it took me a very long time to feel comfortable. And I was curious if it took them a long time to get to the comfort level they have now on camera. I'll let them speak for that. But I learned a lot about both of them on this interview, and it reminded me that again, practice makes perfect. And you've got to just roll with the punches and have fun while you're doing it. I think that was probably my biggest takeaway. Relax, have fun. Just go out and put yourself out there in the most authentic way. And you will definitely get the hang of it if you stick with it. So isn't that like everything in life? But today we're talking video. So in this interview, we talk about the best piece of advice they've ever received in their career, how to go off the cuff without getting all worked up, how to be engaging. And my personal favorite, they both are sharing some of their most nervous moments on camera. And Jason tells a story about Julia Roberts that I absolutely love. Oh, and we talk about self-tanner. We'll get to all of it. So stick around and find out what happens on this interview because it's a lot of fun. Let's get to it. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Well, 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 welcome to the show, Jason and Juliana. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Amy. We're so excited to be here, Amy. Thanks for having us. 
Okay, I typically don't interview two people at once. So I'm just going to ask you because you both have worked together for a long time. How do you know who goes first? Like, how do you figure that out? It's usually seniority. And in this case, that would be Juliana. <laughs> so you went first. So explain yourself, Jason. You said hello first. So like, you didn't lie. I wanted to be a gentleman and just kind of chime in. And then, you know, since Juliana has been in the business longer than me, I think she should always answer first on this podcast. I think that's <laughs> the only thing that's fair. I know. Okay. I love how Jason says, Sindor. Jason, first of all, you met by age. I feel like you've I met know, age. I did not. <laughs> Jason, loves, Jason loves to point out that I'm older than him. Fine. I call him little brother. Okay. So I, I make it very clear uh, that I am older, of course. But, uh, but yeah, you know what? I don't know, Amy. I think we've worked together so long that Jason and I seriously are like family. We're like brother and sister. We really are. And we just understand each other. So like, Amy, like you'll ask a question and we just kind of know who wants to take that, that answer first. So let's see, I don't I know, like maybe that. we might, we might be talking all over each other during this interview. So and who knows? That's okay too. That's okay too. But I have to say, I've gotten to talk to both of you on zoom calls and phone calls in the past. And every time I'm not even joking, my cheeks hurt at the end of our conversations because you two tease each other so much that I'm laughing the whole time. Like that I, brother and sister is exactly it. Like I'm assuming, how long have you two worked together? Hmm. Well, we worked together, um, I guess, over 16 years, right? Jay, we met, how many years ago did we meet Jason? 16, 17 years ago? Yeah, it's been 16 years. And I remember vividly that day, uh, it was 2005. That was the year, I believe uh, September was the month. And you were um, doing e-news from Times Square in New York City. And I was, uh, I just finished filing my first report in LA and I was so green and nervous. And I went over to your cubicle, you obviously weren't there. And I wrote on this sticky note. And I said, it's a pleasure, something like Juliana, a pleasure to finally work with you. Thanks for being so sweet via satellite. And uh, I put that on your desk. And, uh, and that was the start of a great friendship because I was a nervous 23 year old (laughs) kid. And I didn't know what to do with my hands. I didn't know what to do. I, I thought maybe I was smiling too much. I thought I was yelling. And uh, finally, you were the first one to say, all right, let me help you. Let me help you get comfortable. And I knew we were going to be best friends after that. And and he was yelling a lot on set. And he's still yelling today. Uh, Jason, either your audio is very high or you're yelling. <laughs> I haven't done a ton of podcasts. I feel like I was on the red carpet. Do you want me to take it down a notch? I was a theater no. here. I'm sorry, Amy. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. But I love that she will always put you in your place. So I don't even need to mention it. She's got yet. Okay, so I just jumped right in, but I didn't even give you each a chance. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and basically what you do, because today we're talking lots about video. And video is what you both know really well, especially live video, but also pre-recorded. And these are things that my students struggle with, ask me questions about all the time. So you are in the perfect audience to be talking about this. But you both have very unique backgrounds. I don't typically have celebrities on the show. I just want you to know. So you got to <laughs> tell each of you, each of you have to tell my listeners a little bit about you and what you do. Yes, yeah, so I can start. I'm Juliana Rancic. I started at E 20 years ago, exactly, um, as a reporter for E News. And a few years later, I became the anchor of E News. And I did that for many years uh, until I retired from that position. And I continued on with E, uh, hosting all their big red carpet shows, um, which I actually just retired from. Uh, very, very recently from that, after 20 years of doing that. And uh, let me tell you, I mean, professionally, an incredible 20 years. E is my second home. I'm lucky enough to be continuing on with E and the NBC Universal family. Um, e is part of, of that family. And so uh, I'm lucky enough to have a, a great development deal with them and continue on. So now I'm doing more stuff behind the camera, Amy. I mean, I am actually, oh. I talk, yeah, I talked to them the other day. We had a big... Um, kind of pitch call and and I gave them some of the ideas that I was developing for them. And, you know, everything from, well, I'll tell you one in particular um, that we're really, 
developing right now um, is uh, something in the home space. So whether it's me being on camera, me and my husband being on camera or other people being on camera and, you know, and me producing, that's just something that I'm really passionate about right now. So, you know, but basically my area expertise has been interviewing, hosting uh, for the past couple decades um, and, and sharing that information with people. But from that experience from the past 20 years, I've also been able to build businesses, um, where I continue to, you know, travel and, and, and speak around the world to different groups. So I'm very, very comfortable with being on a stage, being on camera, you know, using my voice, speaking in public. And I know that's something that's not so easy for many people. Um, and it wasn't easy for me at, you know, one time in my life. So that's something that I love sharing. And that's why I'm excited to be here today to talk more about that. Oh, yes. I've got lots of questions and get, I want your advice on the different things that you've done in the past to get to where you are with being so comfortable on video. So we're going to get to that. Okay, Jason, you're up, my friend. Wow. That was a very lengthy intro, Juliana. Um, (laughs) well, a little bit about myself. (laughs) I can't. I can't talk with you too. Jason, first of all, I love how he says that. And then watch how long his is. Okay, I'm going to time it. So ready, go. Ready, go. It was 1993. I was down in Miami at Channel 7. And I realized I want to be a newscaster. Uh, No, truthfully, my friend took me down to a studio and uh, in Miami, Channel 7, the Fox station down there. Uh, I was in fifth grade and the sportscaster brought me on. And he asked me some question and I was a total deer in headlights. I didn't even know what the heck I was talking about. And I went home and I said, I think I'm obsessed with this business. And I put up a a bed sheet. I took my mom's high eight. Remember those little mini um, high eight recording um, tapes? And uh, they were really expensive. They were like 20 bucks, I think. So my mom's like, (laughs) please don't hit record. You could pretend to record on the camera, but do not hit record because these tapes are expensive. And uh, that studio turned into... Um, I had to get a separate circuit breaker. My dad was in construction, so he built out a second circuit breaker because I was popping lights left and right. I had a a news desk, a green screen because I wanted to do weather. I had a police scanner, which required an antenna that was honestly the size of our house. And I, um, I put that up. I bought that at Radio Shack without telling my parents. And I had three cameras, an editor, and I would just hire kids in the neighborhood to run camera. And I would just report on happenings in in the neighborhood. And uh, no one ever saw it. There was no YouTube. There was nothing. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I went to college for it. And then I moved out to LA in 05. And I just wrapped up 16 years at E! News this past January. And it was the coolest thing ever. And I'm continuing my own show, which we'll be uh, announcing soon and uh, producing projects. So uh, yeah, I can't imagine not being in this business, not being an, a storyteller, a broadcaster. I just love it so much. Was that longer than G's? Gee, uh, what was it? Did it? Yeah, it was actually three seconds longer, but <laughs> it was great. I love listening it was, to it. It was wonderful. It was good. It was good. Oh, okay, wait a second. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe Jason. You knew at such a young age, and the fact this is what I wish my son. I sound so old to relate you to my son, but he's nineteen. I wish that's what he was doing when he was really young. It's rare that someone finds their passion that young. Just for the record, don't you think? Yeah, I think it, it was really rare. And um, I realized that that's, that's not the norm. And I'm just thankful that I pursued it and had parents that were, I mean, anytime I wanted something, you know, hey, can you drive me to, there was a big drug bus, can you drive me to this neighborhood? And they're like, yeah, but it's dinner time. It's six o'clock. And I'm like, all the news crews, like my hero <laughs> reporter, Brian Andrews is on the scene. I want to go see Brian. And they would take me there and and then we'd just drive home and, and we'd have family dinner. So they supported every every step uh, along the way. I wouldn't be here without, you know, them, you know, being there for me, really. Yes, I, I absolutely love that. Okay, so for both of you, I want to get right to it and talk about things that you know work to get more comfortable on video. 
So again, let me just set the scene. You're talking to a bunch of people who are creating digital courses or they're doing a YouTube channel or they're doing a podcast where they do video. And so either most of them are doing lots of live video. So actually, let's start there because I want to talk to you about teleprompters. It's a thing. People get tripped up a lot. But let's talk live video for a second. What are some things that you know work to get more comfortable on live video because the second people go live, two things happen in my industry. Number one, they just really trip all over themselves and they don't know what they're talking about all of a sudden, or they go down this really weird tangent, or there's just lots of awkward pauses. So these are some things that my students have said happen to them. What's your advice? I mean, I, I think I'll, I'll start with, you've got to be prepared. The more prepared you are, in terms of what you're going to be talking about during that live video, the more prepared you are, the more comfortable you're going to be. And that's honestly the bottom line. You know, I think so many of us, and I'm definitely guilty of this throughout the years, save everything till the last minute, right? So now it's time to go live. And what makes me nervous is I'm not prepared. I'm like, ah, you know? And so the more prepared I am, though, I've found the more comfortable, the more successful the live broadcast is. So even if that means having a, you know, a cue card up with some notes on it. So I know like, okay, I'm going to start with this. This is bullet point number one, number two, number three, number four. And I have it off to the side. It's okay to look off camera and look at something or, you know, and, and Jason and I would do this sometimes we had notes on the desk or notes off to the side and you kind of make it part of uh, your mannerisms. Do you know what I mean? Like as you're speaking, you kind of look off to the side a little bit, almost like you're thinking and glance at your card, glance at your notes. But I would rather glance at notes, like at a card in my hand or a note off to the side and get it right and feel comfortable and hit the points that I'm trying to hit than to try to act like I don't need cards. I don't need anything. And then suddenly I'm getting nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, what was the next point? What was the next point? People they don't they don't mind if you're looking at something. Do you know what I mean? If you need to glance at something, but they do want the right information. You know what I mean? They want to hear what you have to say if they're tuning in. So I'm very comfortable with like looking at my card. You know, Jason and I do that on the red carpet. We have notes sometimes. And, and there's some interviews we need our notes more than others. I have no problem standing there with a note card because I want to do the best interview possible and make sure that I hit the points I want to hit. So I think being prepared and having notes is first and foremost what you need to do to have a successful live broadcast. Don't you think, Jay? Oh, for sure. I like to be overprepared. I'm kind of overprepared to a fault. And then I start this is where it gets a little crazy because you, when you know everything that's possible for the interview and then you start rehearsing it over and over again, I think that that could be a problem because then you're not allowing for something to happen uh, live in the moment. So I, I think if you're prepared, you know it, just be confident and knowing the materials. But I think prompter is a different thing. Prompter is one of those things you have to just give time to. I mean, it just takes a long time to read a teleprompter and make it look naturally, uh, natural, excuse me. I, I remember when I was younger, I, before they had all these teleprompter apps, now it's a lot easier because you have these apps that you can just download for free and you can practice all the time. I would just mute the television and put on closed captioning and I would read the closed captioning on the TV and that's how I got comfortable. But now I think it's prompt smart pro. My favorite. See, okay. So good. It's it's so great now. And just rehearse over and over and over again. And I think you'll get to a point where it looks conversational. It looks like you're not reading. And uh, it, that, it just takes time, but you have to practice. But that helps so much. And maybe just put bullet points in the prompter. You don't have to put this diatribe of what you're trying to say in the prompter, but hit the, the, the top five, the top 10 um, points in the prompter and and then just kind of vamp off of each of those points and and you should be good to go. Yeah. And and Amy, can I just add, that's a great point what Jason's saying about the prompter. He's right. It takes time. It's like it's like learning to do anything, right? You don't just pick up a tennis racket and you're a pro day one, right? Everything takes time. And prompter, getting good at prompter is no different than learning a sport or learning a skill. The more you do it, the more your eye is accustomed 
to like various speeds and catching like the next line that's coming, the next words that are coming and the more natural your pauses will be as you're reading. So just because you do prompter a few times and it doesn't feel natural, think of it like a, a sport, you know, or, or a skill that you're trying to learn. It's going to like, you're learning a new language. I mean, it's like anything, right? It takes time and you just have to put that time into it and you'll get better every day. Okay. I'm so glad you said this because years ago I used teleprompter for sales videos and I was terrible at it. I always said it looked like I had eyes that were like going everywhere on the screen, like fluttering everywhere. And so I just assumed I was bad at a teleprompter. So I even have old podcasts where I'd say, I don't use a teleprompter. I'm really bad at it. And then I realized, holy cow, I could say so much more in the order I want to say it and offer really more value if I got my thoughts together and in some cases put them into a script and and really focused on that. So I went back to the teleprompter and you're right. The more I do it, I'm just getting better and better. I never looked at it like a sport. I thought I was good or bad. And that's not the case. It's not the case. And I got to tell you, I do have a, a, a little secret tip for prompt. Okay. This is the stuff I want. <laughs> okay, here we go. So do you know, do you realize sometimes when you're watching a newscaster, you're watching someone on TV, and you do see their eyes moving yes. left and right, or you're watching a digital series, right? You see their eyes moving, like they're reading a prompter, and you're going, Oh, my gosh, it's obvious they're reading a prompter. The way to get around that, okay, is and you can test this yourself, what they're doing that they need to adjust is their face is just staying stationary facing the camera, okay? If you kind of, as you're speaking, if you do natural movements and you tilt your face, you know, you kind of turn to the right a little bit, you turn to the left, you kind of go, if you constantly kind of like move your face in like small movements, just like you would if you're sitting at dinner with a friend, right? You you move, like your chin goes up, your chin goes down. Oh, you know, your face goes to the left and right. If you do these subtle movements, what happens is the eyes don't look like they're moving anymore. Do you know what I mean? So you've got, instead now your face is moving and the eyes look stationary. The eyes look like they're just looking straight on to the lens as opposed to the face being totally still facing the camera. And then the eyes, you you know, people catch your eyes moving. That's all I see. Yeah. So just even those little subtle movements, practicing that, I mean, literally the first thing you can do is just left, right. Like you're watching a tennis match, right? Left, okay. right, subtle, left, right. Keep the eyes forward, left, right. And then even that just like do it almost exaggerated one time and then start making it a little more subtle and get your body used to just moving a little bit while you're speaking, right? And that's going to make you look more natural. Or you could just wear massive sunglasses like Anna Wintour. <laughs> People won't be able that's to tell. Another really great point, Jason. I'm glad you <laughs> chimed in here because that, that could work really well. I love yeah. that. I tried to do that on the set of E! News a couple of weeks. I thought it would look cool. You know, I was like... Work. They yeah, I thought it was like it. my look, you know, like I'm going to wear sunglasses <laughs> and they were like, no, that's not going to happen. Say it, say it. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. 
We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Okay, so tell me this. What do you do? And there's got to be moments where you're, let's go back to live. So we're not doing teleprompter. Most people that are live in my industry aren't doing teleprompter. They'll use teleprompter when they're doing pre-recorded videos, but typically Facebook Live, Instagram Live, uh, what happens if you're on live and you totally messed up? You lost your train of thought, you said something wrong, the technology isn't working. Like, Talk to me about how you recover from things like that. That was one of my biggest fears, being in front of a, a live studio audience or being live on camera. And before I even walked out there, I said, oh my gosh, what if I blank out? What if yes. in the middle of an interview, I just forget my question? And, and it happened a couple of times. Initially, I pulled it off by, uh, I can't believe I'm in, um, admitting to this, but I coughed. Um, I did like a quick little <coughs> like that. And it allowed me a second or two to gather. And I was like, oh, Brilliant. excuse me. And then I moved on. So yes. That could look like you, like a, like you have a, a bit of a tick or whatever, and that might not be the best thing for you. But if, if you can pull off the cough thing, that's all good. But um, I think it's how you recover from those moments that people really see your personality. I mean, we just got to have a lot of grace for people these days. We've all been through a lot, especially post-COVID. I think people are more natural and real and vulnerable. And people are going to have – I'm still having – I still sometimes – I, I, I had COVID. I, I don't feel like my memory is as sharp as it was. Um, they say co the COVID brain is real, you know, that type of thing. Yep. And I feel like sometimes not being on the air every single day, sometimes you tend to forget. Don't beat yourself up over it. You don't have to re be on your game 24-7. And if you happen to be on the air on an Instagram live and you forget, your personality can shine through those mess ups, those moments and just say, oh my gosh, I completely forgot what I was talking about. Or why don't we go to a viewer question? Or you guys have a lot of questions. I'll get back to what I was talking about in a minute. It's just quick, subtle changes that you have to, to make that can really just move the, the show along without it having to be this crazy, oh my gosh moment. I can't believe I blew it. I totally agree with Jason. You know, I think that it's an opportunity to show your personality right? And, and it's, it's like, you could have an authentic moment, right? And so I think, you know, it's one of the reasons why people are so nervous going live, because they're like, what if I mess up? So if you kind of know going in, like, hey, if I mess up, you know what, it could be the best thing that happens to me. It's an opportunity for me to show my personality. And just it's okay. You know what I mean? Like people know that you're live, that there's a lot of pressure, that you're probably getting information to the second, like new information. And it's okay to be like, so I, I do home shopping network. I have a clothing line on HSN and, and I'm on all the time. I was on this morning for an hour and it's live, always live several times a week. It's like, I'm never nervous, Amy, because I'm just like, so what if I have pauses, if I'm thinking about something, if I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Hold on. Let me think about that. Or gosh, I don't quite know. You know, let me figure it out. And sometimes the producers are talking in my ear and sometimes they're talking over the host and they block the host out. Right. So like, for instance, a host will ask me a question, but someone was talking in my ear during that second. So I didn't hear the host question instead of pretending like, uh, I heard it and I'm just going to try to guess what she said. I'll just be like, wait, Amy, sorry, honey, can you say that again? I think someone was just talking in my ear. Do you mind saying that again? That's okay. Like people would rather 
you actually address that you didn't hear it and, and, and give her the right answer than to pretend that you did hear her and give her a weird answer. Do you know what I mean, Amy? So yes. it's just like, it's like going with the flow, knowing you're live. It's all good. You know what I mean? Just kind of go with it and, um, and you'll be fine. Your following is going to, they're following you for a reason, right? They've embraced who you are, your comedy, your flaws. So they don't want some polished person up there not being authentic and being like, hey, we're here and, you know, we're just doing all this stuff. And, and well, actually, that's not who you are. You, you become like a fake news broadcaster. That's, we, we don't know who this person is. We didn't, subs, you know, subscribe to this. So just be yourself and embrace those flaws and the little mistakes because we all have them. Okay, so that's, I'm glad you both said that because my next question was going to be, what do you think is trending right now in video? But I think you probably both would say the more natural, the more real, the more authentic you are, the better. You might have said that for years and years ago, even. But don't, do you agree that since COVID, there's an even more desire to see people in their real element just being more real, I guess? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you know, I was talking about HSN before, and I know that the viewer loves to see the designers in their homes, right? Because there's something very real and authentic about it, as opposed to when we were always on set. Um, and so I, you know, I think that there's like something nice about that. I know I feel like that, you know, I like tuning in and seeing people in their own environment and um, at home. And so yeah, and, and I think that applies too to broadcasting as well. So you don't have to have a fancy set or lighting and you know fancy equipment like you pro- we probably did once upon a time have to have. So I think that people like that authenticity, don't you think, Jay? Yeah, for sure. There's nothing more frustrating when you put hours into editing a video and you put the fancy music and you put the titles and you think of a ca- a good caption and you put the good filter on it. And then you put it out there and it gets, you know, not a lot of likes, right? But then I put something like yesterday where I'm chasing a mouse around with my wife in the backyard <laughs> and it gets a couple of thousand views. And I'm like, what? what? I, I just literally- What do people want? <laughs> it just makes no sense to me because that is your real life everyday stuff. And that's what people want. It's authentic. It, it's not glossy. It's not fancy. So for me, I mean, personally on my social platforms, that's what's always worked. What's happening at the house, your relationship, people don't need a lot of the glitz and glamour that that's just not really resonating right now. Yeah, the the edited polished videos, which to be quite honest, uh, my personality is not really comfortable off the cuff. And coming from my corporate days and Tony Robbins days, like we did tons of professional video back then. So I'm more comfortable. I think I need to be more buttoned up and polished and professional. And so many of my students are like, Amy, just let it go. Like we just don't want to see all that polished stuff. We just want to see you. And I feel uncomfortable a lot. Like I'm not totally comfortable on video, although I do tons of it. And I always just kind of have to psych myself up. So that kind of leads me to my question for you. And that is, what are some of the most common mistakes you see people make on video? You both have a digital course on video, and I want to talk about that. And I know throughout the 20 plus years or combined more than 20 years, you've seen a lot of mistakes along the way, or you've made a lot of mistakes. So what are some of those mistakes you made and what do we do instead? I think one of the the main ones is is honestly just feeling comfortable enough to just be natural and be yourself. You know, Amy, to your point, if what makes you feel comfortable is what has worked for you for a long time, right? And that's what works for you, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And that that's awesome. Like that works for you. And so you should, I would say, why even try to do something different? It's obviously working, you're loving it, you feel good doing it. Like, same thing with me, like, I have a certain style that I've been doing for a long time. And it works for me. And I like it, I'm comfortable doing it, right? So I wouldn't want to do something that I'm not comfortable doing. So I think the main thing is finding what makes you feel comfortable on camera whatever that is, and kind of rolling with that and trying to make something out of that. You know, I I think with me, I I remember when I was auditioning early on before E, and then I went to E and and the thing that you know, I auditioned at E, I was the 38th person to audition for a a reporter position on E News. This was 20 years ago, exactly 20 years ago, by the way. And I 
remember finding out the reason I got the job is they said I was just so different from everyone else. They're like, we've just, you were just very different, you know, like you were, yeah, like the, you would just do funny things on camera. Like they looked at my demo reel of, of footage that I had had since college, you know, and grad school. And, and it was just like, so much of it was so silly and just out there. And they said that that's really what got their attention is I wasn't trying to be someone else that they hadn't really, they didn't have anyone like me on the show because I think there's often a temptation to watch other people and try to be like them, right? Because it's like, well, they're successful. They're doing what I want to do. So I want to be like her. So I easily could have gone into that audition at E and been exactly like the reporters they had or the anchor they had at the time, but they already had those people. Why would they hire me? You know? And so I just went in as myself and I was kind of like goofy back then. And I would ask silly questions and I just did, you know, I just, just everything. And I was kind of raw. Like I had just even the way like my look was like, I, you know, I was very different from everyone and that's why they hired me. So I think just being yourself and, and like, and embracing yourself and what makes you comfortable and, and building something out of that, I think is the most important thing you can do to, to feel good on camera. I feel like you've always had a sense of confidence in you. And I obviously haven't known you for years and years. And I know a little bit about your backstory, but you've always been silly in yourself and like you'll make fun of yourself and you'll tease other people on camera. Has that always just come natural to you? Like, where is that confidence coming from? Well, thanks for saying that, Amy. (laughs) He is so bad. (laughs) Jason, Jason would like you to insert like you just saying, Jason, so that he can take that question. (laughs) You know, I think it was so let's think about that. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I definitely have not been confident my whole life. In fact, I was super insecure growing up. You know, I had something called scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. And so I was always hiding in in baggy clothing and just never felt good physically, you know, because I was always, I had this curve and I was very insecure, you know, and so, and I had it through my teenage years. I finally, I, I got surgery at the age of 21. I had rods put in my back and, um, and I was, yeah. And so my curve went from a pretty bad curve to almost zero degree curve, which was incredible. And, but, you know, it was a big recovery, big surgery. I'm so glad I did it. But I think that, you know, I always say my, my, your, your weaknesses today are your strengths tomorrow. And those weaknesses, that weakness back in the day, what I think happened was I developed a, a big personality in high school because of that. Do you know what I mean? And I think that I had a lot of personality. I would just find humor in different things because I had to, because I was feeling sad, you know, and, and, and felt a certain way. And, and so I think that that confidence that I developed helped me for sure later in life. Um, so really any, you know, whatever we're going through, I mean, you know, I, I, and I do say that a lot. I'm like, you know, look, something that feels like a weakness today very well could be your strength tomorrow. And, and I'm proof of that. So whatever it is right now that you're like, Oh, I don't know if I could be a broadcaster because of this or this or this. It's like, Hmm, maybe that's what's going to set you apart, you know? And so it's, it's kind of just staying open to that idea, you know, that you don't have to fit in a certain mold, that it's actually good to be different and do something unique. I love that. Jason, tell yeah. us what the, the mistakes that you see a lot of people make and, or maybe that you've made along the way when it comes to live or pre-recorded video. I was just too polished. You know, we've talked a little bit about Amen. this already, Amen. but I was, I was in the boat that maybe how you felt uh, early on. And we still may fight through those feelings of like, okay, I'm prepared. Everything, it's going to go right. But what if it doesn't go right? And, but the moments that really made me stand out, pop on camera, where I would get the emails that meant so much to me from the executives would be, I always think about this Julia Roberts interview. And I went in there and I watched the movie and I had my 15 questions, even though I only had eight minutes with her. And that's probably six or seven questions, but I had way too many questions just in case. And I had them all memorized. And I, I go in there and we sit down and she's like, Hey, so how's everything going? You know, a little small talk. I start the uh, interview. We ask about the movie and then she just somehow was in like the funniest mood. And she's like, 
last time I, I sat down with you, you were dating this girl from San Diego or did, did, <laughs> did you guys, did you, are you guys still dating? And I said, uh, no. And she goes, what happened? Did she drop you like a hot potato? And she starts <laughs> going back and forth, just ripping me. And it was, I was, I was so shocked, but I loved every moment because I knew, wait, this interview has now turned into Julia Roberts giving me dating advice. It doesn't matter what she, I, I think my next question in line in my head was, I have to ask her about working with Tommy Lee Jones. I really got to ask about that chemistry question with Tommy Lee Jones. And instead I said, you know what? Forget it. She wants to take the interview here. She's in charge. So go with it. And I got so many responses on social media and it turned into this thing for years. Every time I sat down with Julia, we talked about relationships and she was really guarded about her relationship with her husband and her family. But that allowed me to go there with her. There was a trust that was built. So if I was so stuck in my ways and my notes and how I thought the interview was going to go, I never would have gotten those great moments. So I understand it on an interview level, apply that to anybody listening right now, apply that to whatever that looks like in in your own professional life. Yes, that's a great story. I love that. Okay, that actually is perfect because I was going to ask you guys two more questions and they're both personal to you. I want to know the best advice you ever received along the way in your journey and then also the most nervous you've ever been on television and how did you get through it? Like, how did you survive? So we're going for both of them. If you're open to that, who's going to go first? Well, gee, I think about the first time we went live on television together It was the Critics' Choice Awards. It was in Santa Monica. And you told me a bunch of things to get ready. But you also told me that I was a little, uh, how should I say this, pale. And uh, you said, you need to go get a spray can. Oh, no. I'm already nervous of this story. I don't know if this story is real, but go ahead, Jay. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember this. You just look like you spent a little time in the sun. I mean, you look a little pale. And so I go and I get, I didn't know there was three different levels to a tan. (laughs) So I go, yeah, give me the one like I've been, you know, vacationing in Hawaii for weeks. So I get a three. I should have gotten a one, by the way. I get a three. I come out of there. I am like tan mom. I don't know if you remember her from 12 years. I am orange. And uh, that was the first problem. Uh, but then when I got on the air, I remember we were in the limo, we decided to go together normally they would do separate cars or whatever. And we, we just kept, we were rehearsing our jokes, which you should never rehearse jokes. That's like the craziest thing in the world. Like, I would totally rehearse jokes. I would totally do that. Which is not authentic, right? Just be in the right. moment. But I think G was just really trying to help me because I was so nervous. Live TV. Are you kidding? I've never done this in my life. Uh but when we did it and we, we got that under our belt, it was a real beautiful dance. Yes, I was uh, over tanned, but uh, it was a really special moment because she helped me. I mean, literally the, the days leading up to it, what do I do with my hands? I kept kind of clasping them in a weird way. And, and why are you talking so loud like you're on stage and you're doing a Broadway show? Talk in a normal voice, a normal tone. Don't overthink things. Like she really walked me through. And that is so rare because these days you just hear so many stories about, yes, of course it's competitive, but it's co-hosts that don't even get along, co-hosts that uh, appear to like each other on air, but during commercial break, they don't even speak to each other. But it was a real beautiful, like she really helped me through a lot of these things. And that Critics' Choice I'll never forget that. Uh, that was the most scared I've ever been on camera. But when you have someone next to you, um, when you have that luxury and that blessing of someone next to you guiding you through it, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, um, thanks, Jay. You're so sweet. And I, I got to say, I think this spray tan thing, I'll tell you. So I have not spray tanned in years, but back in the day, whew, I loved a good spray tan. Uh, and so, yeah, and it was like a big thing where carpets. Actually, I remember like when we would do fashion reviews the next day, it was often like, you know, remember like magazines would talk about like that person went overboard with their yes. sprays. It's like, you don't really see that as much anymore because, but back in the day, it was like a big thing, it especially the red carpets. It was a thing. What was the guy's name who spray tanned you? What? Wait, what? Jimmy I Co- don't. Jimmy- <laughs> <laughs> what? Is this an insight? You had like the guy in town. You loved a good spray tan. 
Okay, for the record, I still love a good spray tan, so I don't know why you guys are saying this is a thing of the past. Well, no, it's there's nothing wrong with it. But you know, I think sometimes people take it a, uh, like to a level three, where it just needs to like cover around a one. Agree, agree. And they've gotten better. They've gotten, they have, you're right, they Amy. Have. Amy, they have gotten better. Oh my gosh, I'm crying right now, Jay. I know what you're talking about. I got to look his name up again. Oh my god, I'm dead. Okay, like the guy in LA that did spray tans. Yeah, yeah here's from E called Sunset Tan about uh, tanning. Skin. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I told you. I mean, it was a big moment. I mean, they had a mo- spray tans. Yes, of course, they're still around. They're better now but uh they were like the thing okay back in the day they were got a little scary okay can you think of your most nervous i'll tell you amy honestly i i would say every show okay is my most nervous leading up but the second that light goes on okay i'm not kidding you I completely, all my nerves go out the door. You would think it's the reverse. You think people stay like kind of calm and cool and then the light goes on and then they get nervous. I'm actually the opposite of that. I calm down once the light's on because I'm like, you know what? When I see that light, that light says to me, you're prepared. You've done your stuff. You've, you've prepared for this. You've done your work and just have fun, you know, like just enjoy, like go for it. Just have a good time, you know, like you're in it. You're, you're in it, make the best of it. Right. So don't, so, so that's the thing is, so honestly, and Jason knows this, I have this whole kind of thing before, uh, red carpet shows. Like I get a a few days leading up, I start to get very kind of quiet. Like you don't, you know, I'm not chatting on the phone as much, or I'm not as chatty. I get very, I get into a zone a few days in. Um, and then the day of the show, as Jason knows, I barely even speak. Like I, I'm kind of like looking at my notes. I'm quiet. Like I'm having fun, you know, we're getting hair and makeup done. Like we're, you know, having fun. And it looks like I'm laughing, having fun, having some conversations, but I'm really like, I'm in a zone. Like I'm in my head and that's just where I need to be before a show. That's kind of like, I'm just going over everything in my head. I'm getting mentally prepared. That way, when the light goes on, I can let that energy out and turn that kind of nervous energy, that very serious, like nervous energy into like an exciting energy, you know? And so that's what I've always done. So I honestly, I have to tell you, like, I've never been like, I I can't think of any show where like during this show, I'm super nervous because once again, this goes back to earlier in our conversation, I'm prepared. But I'm not overprepared. So I'm prepared in the sense that I've seen all the movies or I've watched all the TV shows, right? So that if I'm talking to someone and they say, well, you know, that that one scene that everyone talks about, I know what they're talking about, right? So I can just have a conversation as if I'm at dinner with this person. It's like, I've seen their movie. I know about them. I've studied them throughout the year just by, by being on E! News, you know, or being a fan of pop culture. So that when I'm in the moment, I'm having a conversation. Because I used to actually joke, Amy, I used to say, it's not even a joke, but I used to say, I prepare by not preparing. I hear it all the time. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of goes against what I'm telling you. So what I mean by that is, of course, I'm quote unquote prepared in the sense that I've, let's say it's the Oscars. I've seen all the movies, right? I've watched multiple interviews uh, of, you know, the people I'm interviewing. I, I, I've interviewed them several times in the past. I know what they've been up to. I've looked at their Instagram. I, I, I feel very comfortable with every person I'm going to be interviewing in the sense that I've prepared, right? On on kind of what they've been up to and and their project. So that when I'm in the moment, I can be in the moment, right? So we're having a conversation. Suddenly, you know, I see that they're looking off to the side and and waving at someone and I go, oh, who's that person? Oh, that's, you know, my date tonight, or that's my mom. I brought her tonight. Oh my gosh, let's bring her in. You see what I mean? So you're in the moment and all these great things happen when you're in the moment, but at the core, I'm prepared. But actually, on the surface, I'm kind of not prepared in the sense that I'm open to anything that's going to happen in the moment. So that's what I mean by saying I prepare by not preparing, because I just want to be in the moment and have all this stuff to fall back on questions and research. But really, it's like when the interview starts, anything can happen. You know what I mean? And I love that feeling that anything can happen. 
Okay, I love this because I actually heard you wrong. I thought you said back in the day you didn't prepare, but you had a totally different take on that. I love what you just shared here because a lot of my students will say, I just want to be, you know, off the cuff and natural. So I just don't prepare anything. And in my (laughs) judgmental mind at the time, I'm thinking, but these people are spending time with you. They're showing up and they're giving you their precious time because they want to learn something. So I do think people should prepare, but you just gave me such a gift. And you too, Jason, for the record. But gee, you just gave me such a gift because being prepared, but not making sure that everything goes exactly as planned when I'm live, whether I'm doing an interview or I'm just teaching myself, that's the stuff that I think sometimes I miss out on. Amy, I'm telling you, you at the core, you have to be prepared for whatever it is you're walking into, right? Like I said, if it's the Oscars, you need to know, of course, all the nominated movies, you had to have seen them all, of course, you know what I mean? And you need to be prepared on who you might possibly speak to that day. That way, you're so prepared on your subject matter, that now you go, okay, I got it, right? It's it's like, it's natural to me, I can talk about any of that. But now I'm going to have fun and like have these great moments with people and just have great authentic conversations. And I can fall back on all of that, because I've seen their movie, right? And I know about this person. And so that's that's how you kind of have a little bit of both. You got to be prepared at the core, but then you have to be kind of unprepared, if you will, in the moment, like, you know, to just kind of take anything in. Yes, it makes perfect sense. I love that. Okay, so my final question for you both, thinking about the years that you've been doing this with 20 years and Jason, 16 years, like the amount of time you must have come up on some really great advice for your career or video, or just how to show up. I know it's putting you both on the spot a little bit, but can you think of some of the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. Who gave you that advice? I don't know if it was one person. I might have come to that realization maybe on my own um, because I would watch recordings and interviews, and I I was so adamant. We would get off set. I'd go in my dressing room and watch the show, although I just live the moment live. I'm watching it and I'm just tearing myself apart left and right. Why did you do this? Why did you look like this? Why did you ask this question? And I think it really affected me for years and years. And then finally, after a while, I just stopped watching and I felt a lot more confident. And And I realized I was just so tough on myself and I wasn't embracing my my flaws and, and my personality traits and just also my gifts, my talents. There's a reason I'm there in the first place and had been at that job for so long. And I think I was just too darn hard. And and I think people just have to realize you, you're not going to enjoy it. If, you know, if you're supposed, if this is your gift and you're truly living out your purpose and your gift, but you're so tough on yourself, you're just diluting it. It's not going to be fun. Uh, so just go easy on yourself and embrace who you are and embrace the live moments and embrace the awkwardness and embrace all of it. And I think you'll enjoy it more. I think it'll just be a better experience for you. I love that you shared that, Jason, because I think a lot of my listeners are very hard on themselves. And I watch you, Jason. I see what you've done on E! I see what you do on social. Never in a million years would I ever thought years ago you were hard on yourself. I would have thought that this was always just came really easy to you. And so for you to share that, it's such proof that we don't always have to stay where we're at. We don't always have to be beating ourselves up. We really can change because you have so much fun in what you do. I love that you were able to let that go. I think a lot of listeners realize they can too. Yeah, it was a really special moment when I when I stopped doing that. And it just brought a lot more freedom and enjoyment. Uh, So hopefully people can experience that as well. Just we just got to chill out. You know, we're not, we're not saving lives. We're entertaining people at the end of the day and life is short, right? <laughs> yes. Amen to that. So true. All right. How about you, G? Final words of advice that you've gotten. I think the most important advice I realized early on and, and, and took to heart early on was there are no shortcuts. If you want to take a shortcut, you might have a short career doing what it is, right? That that you're trying to do. But if you want to have a long career, there are no shortcuts. So for me, I knew that very early on. And when I started at E, for instance, if you asked me to do 
a premiere or work extra, whatever it was, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I wanted to do the work. And I think that that's the thing that really helped me realize my dreams was the fact that I was willing to do the work and, and I was a very hard worker and I didn't, it's so funny, you know, it was like a joke at E that if I had to go see an executive, right. Or the vice president or president or whoever, someone would have to show me how to get to their office. I had no idea because I just wasn't that per- I, I never went to talk to any executives or anyone about like my position or my job, or I want this, or I want that. Not at all. I just did the work, you know, and I knew that the work would speak for itself. And so I, I knew that, you know, that was, I think, one of the reasons that, you know, I had a 20 year career doing the same thing for 20 years is because I put the work in and it showed and, and everyone knew that I had a really strong work ethic, you know, and, and that I took pride in what I was doing and I loved what I was doing and I wanted it to be better every day. And I wanted people around me, you know, to achieve their dreams and, and goals and wanted to help people around me. I mean, it was just... You know, so, but, but it was, I I put in the work and there truly are no shortcuts. There just aren't. And so I learned different aspects of the business as well. When I moved to Los Angeles, there were, you know, different jobs I could do. And in the beginning I did, I worked at a restaurant, I worked in retail, um, I did different things, but I I went into a mailroom at a talent agency and I learned the inner workings of the entertainment industry. And I was a a mailroom, you know, I was in the mailroom literally delivering packages around Hollywood and and the Valley and all over. And so I would learn kind of how to get around LA because I'd moved here from Maryland or to to LA from Maryland. And I'd never been to LA when I moved to LA. And then I got promoted out of the mailroom to a a desk, to an agent's desk as an assistant. And I would be on phone calls, you know, listening to big conversations with big executives and producers and directors and celebrities, right? And I would hear the inner workings and learn about the inner workings of the entertainment business. So when I went to E, it was interesting because I kind of I knew both sides of the business. I knew what it was like to be in front of the camera, behind the camera. So as much information and knowledge as you can get regarding the industry that you want to be in, um, I say get it, even if it means starting in the mailroom, whatever it is, right? And for me, that really helped me learn about the business. But I mean, the work ethic was definitely the biggest thing, because I will tell you, sometimes you think to yourself, especially when you're starting out, I'm putting all this work in, will anyone notice? And the answer is yes, because here's the thing, people who make the decisions, right, at the companies that, that, to, to like, you know, promote you, right, and, and to give you your shot, they're paying attention, you think they're not, but they are paying attention, or the people who work for them are paying attention, and they're going to point to you, they're going to point at you and go, that that young woman right there, she's a really hard worker. You know, she's great. She's got a great work ethic. We want her in our company. And that's how you make it. You know what I mean? And so for me, I I think that and Jason was the same way. Jason was such a hard worker. Jason and I, we would work so hard. We do every premiere, any opportunity you would give us, we would take it to be on a red carpet, to do an interview, to be online, whatever it was. And we knew that every with everything we did, we got better, our craft got better. And we also showed that, hey, we're hard workers. We're here. You know, we're serious. And, uh, and I, think, I think it paid off for us. For sure it paid off and then some. I love this. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I was just going to say, and, and don't burn bridges along the way. I mean, you never know who you're going to be working for down the road. It could be someone that you've worked with in the past and all of us, they're your colleague at the time and now they're your boss. I mean, people, this is, it's kind of like chess, you know, this industry is crazy and people are always moving around and switching gigs and jobs and there's thousands of channels and digital networks and streamers and, and um, just be kind to everybody along the way and not just because you want something out of them, but just make it an enjoyable experience for, for, for everyone. Um, You just, you just truly, I I ran into a former executive last week at dinner and just gave her the biggest hug. And, um, and it's just one of those things. I I see a lot of people who burn bridges, they um, can take advantage of a situation and it just never really works out for them. And um, yeah, it just doesn't. Relationships are everything. I think yeah. no matter what industry you're in, I think if you put relationships above all else, I don't think you can lose. I think that's such an important lesson. You're right. So Jason was saying, stop being so hard on yourself. And then um, G's advice was there's no shortcuts. But then also coming back to relationships matter and you know, be kind and show up 
how you would want people to treat you. I think such good lessons and you both are such examples of that. So before I let you go, you together created a digital course. It's called Own the Spotlight. Is that right? Yes. Own the Spotlight. I'm very excited about this. I really wanted you two to create a course. So when I heard it was out there in the world, I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get on the show. You got to talk about it. So tell me a little bit about it. What's it about? Who's it for? Where'd you get the idea? Like, let's talk about this course. And ultimately, people are going to want to go check it out. So tell people where they can find it. Yeah, jasongcom is the website. And uh, first off, Amy, you were so instrumental and helpful to us uh, making this happen. A real encourager, and we really want to thank you. And she and I wanted to do this course for a long time. We just, quite frankly, didn't have the time to dedicate to it. And, and, you know, through COVID, we, we found some time and uh, the responses have just been just nothing short of remarkable people. So thankful that we did something like this. And this is not just for someone uh, who wants to be a television host. I mean, if you want to get better on camera, if you want to become a better public speaker, if you want to become uh, better with building your brand, uh, I mean, geez, like the best at it, right? I'm always learning. She's an incredible businesswoman. So we really tackle all of that. And we get into, we have all these different modules. Didn't even know what a module was before we started our course, but talking like I'm a course creator now. You are. Anything from prompter to what to do with your hands, to what to do with your eyes, to uh, networking, to uh, building your brand. What else am I leaving out, G? No, these are all good things. Yeah, like even all the technology that we like, like the prompter app we like, the lighting that we ordered, you know, like things like that. Um, we also share that like we like what little what mic we ordered from Amazon, you know, like things like that we cover. So Jason's right. I mean, this is something we wanted to do uh, for a long time. And we're so excited to put it out there. When Jason and I went into this and we were deciding what to talk about in this course, we thought to ourselves, here's where we should start. Let's start with not long ago, when we were young, <laughs> we were starting <laughs> out, when we were starting out, what would we want to know from other hosts? What would we want to know? What is the most you know, invaluable information, the information that's really going to help us become successful and get better on camera and maybe get the job you know, we want? And so that's, that's where we started with this course. And we just had so much fun doing it. So this is really like, if you're, you know, you're listening to this podcast now, it's kind of like, this podcast, like an extension of this podcast, you know, we go to into all different kind of categories. And yeah, I mean, first and foremost, about it's really about being comfortable on camera, um, being your authentic self on camera, finding your voice, and lots of tips and tricks of ours that we've learned along the way. Ah, so good. Jason and G.com, right? Jason and G.com. That's it. Yeah. He insisted that Jason had yeah. to be first. And you What's know, that? What's that about? I know. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a follow up uh, module about diva, uh, diva yes. behavior. Good and idea. It's, Good actually, idea. I'm going to host that solo because Jason, I, I don't know if he can be part of that one because uh, I might be talking about him quite a bit during that one. Right. I have no comment. Well, what I will say is that if you have the chance to learn from two people that literally built their careers in front of the camera, whether it be off the cuff, live, pre-recorded, they have done it all. So when I heard they were going to create a digital course, I felt like this was a must. And so I'm really excited you both put this out into the world. What a gift. So you guys go check it out. I'll link to it in my show notes. But it's not often that a digital course is created by people that have the experiences that you you've had for so long. So anyway, I just am very excited about it. Own the spotlight. Go check it out. My friends, I can't believe you said yes to this. I feel very, very fortunate. I just adore both of you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's our pleasure, Amy, truly. Yeah. Uh, it's an honor to chat with you and we owe you for encouraging us to, to do this. And thank you again for all your help and to your incredible loyal listeners for hearing us out for the past hour. It's, it's just cool to connect with everybody. Yeah, you're great, Amy. Thank you so much. I mean, seriously, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. So thank you so much, Amy. Of course. And good luck to both of you. You have huge, huge opportunities on the horizon for both of you that are coming (laughs) up. I can't wait to see your next chapter. So congratulations for everything you've done, but also about the future. I can't wait to watch. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Amy.
Aren't they amazing? I absolutely love those two. And now we've got to jump to the action steps. We talked a lot about different ways to show up more naturally on video and how to keep things under control when you maybe get a little bit off track or get really, really nervous. I want you to put one of at least one of the things you learned here today into practice. So how do you do that? Well, either schedule a live video or get on Facebook Live, Instagram, or maybe it's time to turn on that teleprompter. I'll link to that software that Jason mentioned earlier in the show. I think it's a fantastic piece of software. And I think getting practice on a teleprompter is important. So I want to encourage you all to at least experiment there. For me, I think my two biggest takeaways were number one, when Juliana was sharing about moving your head around when you're reading a teleprompter, so it's not like your head stays stationary and you could see your eyes go from left to right, left to right. I love that. That is something I genuinely will be putting in practice the next time I use a teleprompter. And then from Jason, I think the biggest thing I learned was that you have to just relax and not be so uptight. And it spoke to me because that's me. I think I'd be on the more uptight spectrum of being really casual and cool on camera and being fully, fully nervous and scared. I'm somewhere in the uptight a lot of the times. Now, it doesn't come across that way. I don't think so anymore because I've been doing it for so long. So that's another thing I took away from this interview that you just have to keep showing up. Remember what Juliana said in the very beginning that reading a teleprompter or I'd say all video in general is like learning a sport. Practice makes perfect. So don't forget that. Okay, so there you have it. I hope you go check out their digital course. There's so much more. We just scratched the surface. So much more that you can learn from those two. And they're so much fun. So you'll have a great time as well. Oh, that's the last thing I'll say. From both of them, I think one thing I'm taking away that I have to remember is this is supposed to be fun, my friends. Building an online business, creating digital courses, going live on video, it can be really fun if you let it. And if you start to really pay attention to both Juliana and Jason online, they're always laughing. They're always smiling. And they genuinely are like that behind the scenes. So when I talk to them off camera or when we're not recording, they're just as silly, just as fun. And I think we could all use a little bit more fun infused in making videos. Am I right? All right, my friends, thanks for joining us here today. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.